Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hungry Cat Daily with Nick and Lance. Lance is still not here. He'll be back someday, hopefully. But instead of Lance, not instead of Lance, in, not in addition to Lance either. I, we also we have a great guest today. He's uh, the direct. He's a director and a filmmaker of. Uh, oh, I, I, I mean, I first remember you. you I, I don't know. Do you still like to talk about uh, monkey versus robot? Is that still sure. something? That you're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did a guest lecture at St. Ed's university last night and played monkey versus robot. So yeah, let's go for it. I can do that too. <laughs> that was on the uh, uh, spike and Mike six and twisted animation festival, like uh, early two thousands, I guess. It was in, in the earliest of the two thousands, two thousands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as early as they come as far as yeah. two thousands. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you, have also d- directed, uh, loves her gun Mars and, uh, a movie that's playing at fantastic fest this week, quantum cowboys. It's also available at the fantastic fest at home streaming thing, right? If, if it is. Buy, it's uh, part, yeah. The burnt ends. Uh, yeah. Fantastic fest at home uh, for, I think five days, something along those lines. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you want to, if you want to watch a bunch of cool genre movies, including, uh, I I was reading some press about it. So it's sort of a, uh, a, sp- a Western multiverse animation. It's 12 different styles of animation. Is that right? It is. I mean, you know, with this film, I'd say it's actually pretty tough to describe the film uh, in any way that actually would make someone go into a the theater and see what they thought I just described. Um uh, it, it's it's sort of undescribable. We got a couple of reviews recently that, that say as much. They're like, you know, you really have to watch this to know. <laughs> so reading my review doesn't even make sense because you haven't seen this film. Um, it's uh, wholly original. I can definitely promise you with no false hubris uh, there. You might not like it, but, you know, if someone doesn't like it, at least I'm giving them, I think, uh, something new they didn't know they didn't like, uh, if, if nothing else. Uh, but I'm, I'm really proud of it. We had a great screening at Fantastic Fest in Austin Film Society. Really, uh, I think, really amazing reception uh, to this thing. But it is. It is my love letter to quantum physics and animation and music. I co-wrote it with Hal Gelb, who brought a rethinking of what the American West music probably sounded like, which was more like Sonic Youth with untuned banjos than it was, you know, uh, Ennio Morricone and Sergio Leone uh, sounds. Um, but it it really does. It, it jumps into quantum physics. It's a mix of 16 millimeter live action, digital photography, digital collage, oil painting, stop motion animation, rotoscope, and um also kind of a comedy and also kind of a rethinking uh, in a post-colonial version of the American West. So there's a lot of stuff jammed in this movie. And it's even just looking scary. at the cast. There's so much jam. there, like David Arquette, Nico Case, John Doe. Was Alex Cox in it or is he? Oh, yeah. Alex Cox is in it. Nico Case is in it. John Doe's in it. All his actors. Nico and John also do music in it. Um, it's Anna Karina's final appearance. Uh, the French New Wave icon, he's new married to Jean-Luc Godard. Uh, Patrick Page from uh, Broadway, he won, I think, uh, uh, won a Grammy for Town. I think. He's in there. Oh, wow. Um, Gary Farmer, Lily Gladstone, Kyla Gordon. It's a pretty crazy cast. Crazy cast. But so one thing, yeah, I, you mentioned that it has all these different types of animation. I, if you were to make a Garfield movie, what style of animation would you use for that? You know, I would I would give myself a real challenge, and I would do a live action Garfield. That, mm. You know, I'd spend seventy percent of the time on an orange cat uh, <laughs> trying to get 
Because, you know, I always figure why do things the easy way? Would however be the hardest way to make your movie, which is usually animation is what I choose. But the one time <laughs> animation would make it easier. I think I would end up picking a real feral cat and trying to get it to, to behave for 90 minutes as the star character. I think that's and I, and I guess that the thing with Garfield, you don't have to worry about making the mouth move and matching that with the uh, with uh, stuff at you. Right. He yeah. Just, yeah. So it might not be so hard. In fact, you know, we'd probably shoot it on film. So we didn't even get very many takes. I'd be like, why not do this? Why not do this the hardest way? The most expensive way possible. Sure. Yeah, exactly. That's that's so whoever is in charge of putting out the new Garfield movie, I think you should give it to me and I'll I'll shoot on film. <laughs> uh, who would you cast? Would you cast uh, John Doe as Garfield? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's not such a bad idea. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, I was gonna have to think about it for a minute, but I, I feel like uh, I feel like John might give us the right Garfield, just the right amount of uh, humorous disdain uh, for everything around him. Uh, I think I think he could do it. I actually I think that's great, John. If you if you do listen to this, uh, <laughs> let's try and package this Garfield. Um, you know, uh, if you want to go maybe, with the uh, the studio choice, which is Chris Pratt is playing Garfield in the upcoming. Yeah, that's I, why would anyone choose Chris Pratt? You know, uh, and yet everyone does. He's busy right. fighting dinosaurs or something. I don't know. Uh, John Doe. My second choice is is Gary Farmer. So I'll pick both from this cast. Um, <laughs> okay. I think the two of them could really bring the Garfield that I'm going to envision to life. So did did, did you uh, did you read Garfield growing up at all? Did you read the newspaper comics at all? And I, was Garfield? You know, I did, and I even I feel like um, we used to have like a thing in elementary school where. You could spend like five bucks and buy books, you know, and you get like some little newsprint thing you would you would check. The Scholastic out. Book Fair, if it's the same that, one that I had, yeah. That was the one, Scholastic Book Fair. And I kind of feel like the thing everyone wanted was the Garfield comic collection, you know. It was out of a lot of our price range, but I would at least read some friends, uh, Garfield comics collection. But that was something that, you know, eight-year-olds were genuinely excited about or 11-year-olds or however old we were. It's <laughs> yeah. It was a long time ago, I but it was these a days, like <laughs> eight year olds are probably buying Garfield NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff, why don't we talk about, uh, let's move on to the recap. So today we're talking about a Garfield comic strip from September 7th, 2004. And can you tell us why, why you chose this particular strip, this date? Yeah, I mean, my single favorite thing in the world was a little orange cat named Fat Face, who was a feral cat. Uh, I had a whole colony in my yard here in Austin that would feed. And, uh, I had a favorite one was this little tiny orange cat um, with a little fat face. And it took about seven years uh, to coax this cat into letting me even touch it and come into the house. Uh, and then we fell completely in love with this cat and uh, found out she was a little girl. Uh, the name Fat Face stuck, and she's actually in Quantum Cowboys. She got several rounds of applause at the Fantastic Fest screening. Uh, she is in regular form. She is in digital collage, and she's in stop motion in the film. She was on my lap for almost all the creating of it. I took her to 30 states. We drove her around to national parks. Wow. We took her to 30 states, um, and she got to eat at midnight, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and 6 a.m. every night for years, which means I didn't get a <laughs> I'd sleep for a very long time, but uh, but I love her, and her birthday is September eighth, and uh, so that's how we picked that day. Oh wait, wait, September eighth or seventh, seventh, right? Okay, okay. Seventh. Sorry, that's what you, I think that's what you told me earlier. It is seventh. It is seventh. Okay. I checked my notes. Uh, so it's seventh. <laughs> um, and so you, she was a feral cat, and you managed to like 
driver all around the country and and cast her in a movie yeah i mean for a cat that wouldn't even let us touch her i i, I think she was a cat genius uh, honestly I'm, I'm fairly convinced she adapted so quickly she learned the litter box by honestly setting her in the litter box once she's like fine i'll never poop anywhere else uh, after about one month of letting her go in and out of the house, she was like, I never want to go outside again. It's a bad place. I lived there for years. I really love the bed and the indoor and the food. Um, she would put up a slight <laughs> when it was time to go get in the car, but she actually traveled really well, would use the kitty box in the car, was great in hotels, never scratched up our furniture, uh, never climbed on a shelf and knocked something over. She was just really a pretty amazing, sweet animal who put up with me dressing her in a bolo tie and a cowboy hat and taking her to art. So I, I mean, I have nothing but the, the best things to say about that cat. And because I worked really until about four in the morning, every night making this film for two years. And it's, it's not hyperbole. I would work and give myself a rule when the sun started coming up, I had to go to sleep for two hours before I went to the day job teaching. Um, but she would sit on my lap next to the computer. She would work with me uh, all night long working on the film. So I think, especially when it comes to having COVID in the middle of that. I, over the last five years, spent more time with that cat than I did any human being. Uh, so, And I spent a lot of time with Laura, but still the cat, I think, won. So, yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask, they did, I, I had a cat, I had a couple cats. Uh, they both passed away, but uh, they never, they stayed away from human food. Was, uh, was Fatface a, a human food eater like Garfield or was, was she so, yeah. strictly cat food? So uh, I think as a, before I started taking care of her as a feral, I think she'd either been hit by a car or maybe kicked severely as a kitten because all of her teeth were smashed out except for one. And uh, it bit off half of her tongue uh, in whatever event had smashed out her teeth. And you could feel it probably broke her ribs too. She was a tough, tough little girl, four and a half pound toughy. But um, so when she was out, uh, she would eat the crunchies and somehow find a way to do it, but she quickly didn't want that anymore. So we gave her all wet food because she was missing, you know, most of her teeth and her ability to use her tongue. All that having been said, um, I think her favorite thing in the world, which I guess is kind of a human food, is chicken. Like if you would take like chicken nuggets or chicken strips and tear off the breading and give her the chicken, you had to put that under her nose while she was sleeping on the couch. She'd wake up and go <laughs> over it. She loved chicken. Um so she definitely ate a little bit of human food, but other stuff she would just look, she always wanted to smell anything we're eating. Like if I had a bean burrito, she'd smell it and then just sort of recoil and be like, Ugh, that's terrible dad. But there's one food, though chicken was her favorite to eat, much like Garfield, it might be something built into some cats. If you had a pizza, and I know Garfield was wow. the Wow, yeah, but, but still. She did, she would, she literally, the only food she ever stole from either of us is one time from Lauren, she stole like a little, um, uh, Trader Joe's Bambino pizza, like actually grabbed it, <laughs> ran off with it. Like she had a thing for pizza. She would see it. She'd jump. Only food she'd jump on the table and be like, I'm stealing your pizza. Um, that, so yeah. That combination of carbs, yeah. uh, tomato sauce and cheese. There's something about it. Cats love it, I guess is what we're learning. Yeah. At least orange it, cats. Really weird. It did. It was the one like she wouldn't steal, you know, whatever. If I had a taco, she'd kind of be interested, but pizza, that was her jam. So Okay, well, let's let's uh, talk about this comic strip. Jeff, uh, if you would, could you describe this first panel from uh, September 7, 2004? Right, so they don't see this, right? This is just me telling yeah, you what it looks we're like. Just, <laughs> we're just describing it. Well, first off, the best thing about this panel, it seems very appropriate for me, having shot two films on green screen, is inexplicably oh, yeah. the back wall in their house is painted chroma key green. And I don't know why. I guess that's so 
if you had wanted to replace this with your own wallpaper, you could just key out the green and do that. But in front of that, what's what's Garfield's dad's name? I always forget his name. John. John Arbuckle. John. So John is sitting here uh, with a hearty elbow swish saying, good work, Garfield. Be ever vigilant as he leans over Garfield, who appears to be somewhere between sleeping and staring at a little uh, pretty much cliche mouse hole in this chroma key green wall. Yeah, whoever made that mouse hole, whatever mouse made that mouse hole, uh, it must be like a carpentry expert or something because it's yeah. so perfectly molded. It is. And if anyone's ever done a doorway, a curved doorway is hard. You know, I feel like the average mouse would have made this rectangle, but (laughs) it would have been easier. Yeah. The average mouse would have made a rectangular (laughs) door, a rectangular hole uh, with their, with their, with their complex tools. Yeah. You brought up the green, the green wall that does, that, that does seem very out of character for John to have such an ostentatious wall. He's like, he seems like a mild mannered kind of loser guy. Who who would ever, I mean, I I was about to say, I don't, I'm in the, you know, green screen business and I don't even know anyone who's painted their wall chroma key green, but that's a lie. My co-writer for Quantum Cowboys, (laughs) Al Gelb, did in fact paint one of his walls chroma key green with an elaborate idea of a, of a keyed out puppet show, music show that we actually did in fact bring to life at his house in Tucson. But that's the only person I know who's painted their wall chroma key green. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move on to panel two. Great. So in a state of shock, Garfield's eyes have flown open to, you know, fully no more eyelids, tiny pupils staring into the abyss of this mouse hole. Um, and he thinks much like, uh, oh, oh, I've forgotten his name, Tony Danza. Hey, hey, hey. So here we go. Oh, wait, Tony Danza. Hey, hey, hey. No, he said, hey, okay. oh, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, or something like that. But still. Did he did, like, is that a who's the boss thing? It is a who's the boss okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying, because so when you first said, hey, hey, I was thinking, well, Fat Albert says, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'd be more, you know, hey, hey, hey. But yeah, so he's kind of got a little Fat Albert going on here, too. But he's saying, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. He's actually not saying anything. He's thinking it. We like to say, uh, whenever Garfield's eyes look like this, because the, the different eras of Garfield, they all look very different. I don't know if you remember that. Like, in the 70s, yeah. he looked like a kind of a weird prehistoric animal but yeah now this is kind of what this is kind of what i think of when i think of garfield we like to say that when his eyes look like this they look like eggs and we do it in a jay leto voice so i say they look like eggs and (laughs) there's no reason for that but we just say that and i just feel like i had to get that out there uh and confuse you with that one (laughs) they do look like eggs and his arms look like little orange clouds he's a very poofy strange his 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 front Legs, front arms, whatever you call them, they do like this. They do look detached from the body, right? Yeah, like two little orange clouds floating in front of two giant eggs and a pink jelly bean. <laughs> is that Easter. just is that just lazy drawing when 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 you make the arms look like that? Sure, I mean, you know, if anyone's ever done life drawing, um, things like foreshortening or actually making your arms and elbows and shoulders look like they connect is hard. It takes a little while. So in this case, he has no upper arms. There's clearly only a forearm with hands that are floating mysteriously in front of his face. Because if you really look at the picture, his cheeks are between his arms and his body, which would be impossible. Yeah, this no, was a, yeah. yeah. They'd have to be, yeah, totally separate. They're yeah, detached. It, it looks freaky the closer you look at it. Just like yeah, when you start to think about it, his arms have been ripped off and laid in front of his body. So, yeah. All right, let's take a, take a look at panel three. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, everyone. 
So the interesting thing about this is now we're having a psychic communication. His eyes have shifted from eggs to uh, sly hunter or angry Garfield eyes. And he thinks, don't turn the page yet, which, of course, we're going to do in a minute. But uh, he gets thought back at after thinking this by this expert carpenter mouse who says, <laughs> if you're going to read over my shoulder, read faster, which really means that he must have heard Garfield think, don't turn the page yet, right? Yes, yes. That's the thing. Uh, in Garfield, animals can communicate with each other. The animals are all telepathic in some way. Uh, John doesn't seem to understand Garfield, doesn't like comprehend that Garfield is thinking things, but the other animals can talk to each other psychically. Yeah. It, it's really working here. It's, it's, it's a power. Does that kind of make you think, make you more interested in doing that Garfield movie? The idea that there yeah, is- I mean, I think that a Garfield movie that just tried to communicate um, psychically with the audience would be, would be interesting. <laughs> just like a, no, like no voice acting for any of the animals. They just kind of wander around and stare at each yeah. other. And the very now and then Garfield eats lasagna. The savvy cat owners in the audience would, would try to look at Garfield and do the slow blinking thing you can do to make cats feel at ease um, and see if it works through the movie. <laughs> um, well, Jeff, I, what did you, well, let's talk about the punchline. What did you think of the, of this joke? I mean, I'll zoom, I'll zoom out so that we can like take it in all at once. Cause when you kind of look at these panel by panel, it loses all. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I don't really want to, you know, criticize Jim Davis's artistic vision here, but <laughs> I'm going to say aside from Garfield's arms being drawn so badly, uh, which is my first criticism of this, that takes me out of the whole thing. So maybe it would have been funny had Garfield's arms been drawn better. Um, that I think the entire joke is lost on me because he actually never showed the mouse reading the paper. So, so the problem with this is there's no setup and payoff. If this was a screenplay, the setup, good work, Garfield, be ever vigilant. Um, by the time we get to the end, I think the implication is that, you know, Garfield's dad thinks he's watching to catch the mouse and really Garfield is reading the paper. But because we don't ever see the paper, to be totally honest, don't turn the page yet is said before we even hear the mouse's thoughts so it's yeah. like he's talking to me or he's talking to john john's his dad right he's talking to john not to turn the page doesn't make any sense and then you have to read if you're going to read over my shoulder read faster like three times and imagine that probably i mean i was thinking the paper but that that mouse might even be just reading a novel i, I was gonna know. bring that up i was gonna ask why you why you jumped to newspaper i guess because it's a newspaper comic strip maybe that's why you that, jumped to newspaper. i think that's why but you know, he could be on the internet for all I know. Uh, you know, he could the be on a Kindle. Internet, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. Vista. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think that this is a somewhat poor storytelling because I really don't understand because I don't even see the other character, but I just made quantum cowboys and I'm sure someone out there is like I'm totally confused by your weirdo movie. So I don't, I don't totally want to criticize Jim here. And I am, uh, vaguely impressed that Jim used a chroma key green wall. So I feel like the universe of Garfield and Mysterious Mouse could, in fact, uh, you know, be taken in a lot of directions. I guess what's um, cool about this particular strip is we can now, like, key anything in the background of this comic strip. So this could be like... I could even key in a large like. mouse reading the paper. So then the whole comic <laughs> would make sense. That's true. Yeah, how is Garfield reading such small mouse print? Or is the mouse yeah. reading big 
cat print. I yeah. guess we'll never know. Um, we, we, yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, we'll move on to ratings real quick. If you could give this comic strip, and you can, a rating from zero to five trays of, trays of lasagna, what would you give it? Uh, I'm going to give decimals. This, so if it's, if it's compared to other Garfields I've read or just any comic strip ever. Let's say any comic strip ever. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't laugh. And I feel like the goal of this was to make me laugh. But I did think a little bit. You know, I'm going to up it to four. What? Because I'm still wondering how this mouse was so good at the carpentry to build that curved entrance line. Um, and now I'm wondering why John doesn't even want to get rid of the mouse or do something about that hole in the wall. He just <laughs> yeah. excited that Garfield's watching it. So I give it a solid one for humor, but I'm going to bump it all the way up to a four because there's a lot to think about here. Once you start to break this down as a strange piece of art. Okay. Um, wow. I'm going to give it, it a 2.37 cause it sucks. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> it's not, it really isn't funny. I mean, I mean, I, di- I didn't laugh, you know, I didn't laugh, but no, I, but I love it. I love that you, I mean, you're looking at it from a perspective of a, of a fellow animator, uh, somebody, a fellow creative person. So you're, you're, you're kind of taking it all in. I love that. But let, let's move on to this next segment, naming. Uh, so Je- Jeff, if you could just give this comic strip a name, what would you call it? Just like a uh, two or three sentence or two or three word name, uh, a title, just title the comic strip, I guess. I would title this one, Mysterious Mouse Reads the Paper. Because then maybe somebody will laugh whenever they get the joke. <laughs> so I feel like maybe you're giving away the joke a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. This joke wasn't so good that you don't want to give it away. That's this is true, a better that's one. To go ahead and telegraph and hope you have an easy audience. I feel like that's your only hope for a laugh here because the suspense doesn't do it. Um, you know. Uh, okay. But the alternate, tit- the alternate title would be uh, Chroma Key Garfield. Because I feel like that was actually the most valuable thing about this one, was that he keyed out. Okay, cool. Uh, and now we'll just move on to ranking. And this one comes in at number 82. So we've read uh, <laughs> we've read 373 Garfield comic strips <laughs> over the last couple of years. And this one is number 82 out of those. I mean, really buoyed like by I, your, your four that I, you gave it. Yeah, I would say I might have ruined that ranking system because no. I was generous from the meta version of this this comic. And I feel like I pushed it ahead of some that were probably funnier. No, that, that's fine. The whole thing is <laughs> is kind of ruined. It was ruined from the beginning. But Jeff, thank you so much for joining us, or me, I guess, because Lance is not here today. Uh, but uh, check out uh, Quantum Cowboys if it's playing at a film festival near you. It's I'm sure, I'm sure at some point it'll be released either to streaming or to theaters. Uh, and if you catch us in time, you can watch it on Fantastic Festival at home, and along with a bunch of other really great movies. Uh, is there Absolutely. anything else you want to talk about? This is great. Uh, you know, are, am I allowed to say that? You were my student a million years ago. Of course, yeah. All I think right. it might well, have been around the same time we were, of, this, of this comic strip. It was. Uh, it really, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in there, yeah. In the heyday of the eighty-second best uh, Garfield comic strip of the last three hundred Garfield comic strips reviewed, we were in class together, drawing pictures. So that wasn't. Uh, that's not so bad. Um, uh, but it's great to see you, and it's. I'm. I mean, frankly, I couldn't be prouder that, you know, one of my students is making a podcast about Garfield uh, comic strips. I feel like 
it's a high watermark. So <laughs> thank you so much, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, take a class with Jeff if you can. Uh, where where is it? are you teaching in Boulder? Is I that, am. That? I'm, yeah, CU Boulder. I'm at CU Boulder now. And yeah. I'm teaching. I'll, I'll tell my students to listen to this. So <laughs> please so do. They can all aspire. Oh, they will aspire to their own podcast. So I, <laughs> yeah. I just want to see. What well, That's an achievable goal having a podcast. Uh, but uh, you you set a much higher goal. You made a, a fantastic new film. And it played at Fantastic Fest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Jeff. And until next time, stay hungry. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Hungry Cat Daily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Send us your Garfield thoughts, drawings, and feedback to HungryCatDaily at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at HungryCatDaily or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungryCatDaily. And until next time, stay hungry.